DJ Simulationistas. Sup? With Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin and let's roll. Welcome, everyone, to DJ Simulationista's SUP. This is Janice Pelaganis. And this is Dan Raymer. SUP, Janice. SUP, Dan. How have you been? I've been fine. I'm uh, just uh, kind of basking in the glow of our uh, presentation that we did together in San Antonio. Um, oh, I know. It was great. I thought you were going to say basking in the glow of Palm Springs. Uh, no, that too. <laughs> <laughs> But I was uh, I was thinking how much fun that was. Uh, our presentation together on stage called Dueling uh, Synapses, uh, where the audience sees our thoughts and uh, hears our words, and the difference between our words and our thoughts are basically the content of our of our talk. And, I have uh, to say, it's my I enjoy. Out of all the keynotes I give, I just love dueling synapses. It's just so much fun on stage with you, Dan. It, it is fun because uh, we get to ham it up a bit. Uh, I, 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 the thing that, that's <laughs> so interesting about it, though, is, um, you know, as I was sitting there listening to you, um, you know, all I could see was the budding academic that you've become. Because uh, a main focus of the presentation is about interprofessional education and how to do interprofessional education using hmm. simulation. And it's so interesting to me that you approach it from such an intellectual viewpoint with all of the references and all your dissertation uh, uh, content and your experiences with the Institute of Medicine uh, committee and it's so theoretical and I who I think people view as the academic uh, approach it from this sort of brute force point of view uh, because I've been doing interprofessional education for a long time without really any guidance and I've just made a lot of mistakes and I've kind of learned how to do it by practical brute force and it's so fascinating to see how we sort of come together on uh many of the important yeah. points <laughs> how we just like blend all that together uh, it's so true right well i think what i think is really interesting is when i get you to talk about your past experience you bring up themes that is all over the research and literature that people are you know focus in on studying and it's Clearly, you know, it's been in existence and people just haven't put a label to it until they start publishing. I guess I learn a lot from listening to you uh, talk about the various uh, theories and important academic findings that have come up. I th the thing that sticks with me, I think, the most when I'm debriefing in a professional group is your notion that, that you've 
you know, talked about, I think it's other people's notion, that you've talked about that interprofessional education is really about people learning from and about each other rather yeah. than just being there in the same room learning together. Yeah. Well, it took me a long time. Like, I honestly thought I was running interprofessional simulations, um, and I really wasn't. I really wasn't. Maybe I should back up and define, should I? Uh, sure, sure. For the listeners. So interprofessional education is learning with, from, and about each other. And multi-professional education is learning in parallel, um, but not necessarily from or about each other. And what we tend to do in simulation is we'll create these simulations, let's say a code situation, and expect them to learn with, from, and about each other, but they're really learning in parallel. And then we get to the debriefing, and it makes it so like difficult in debriefing to talk about interprofessional conversations and objectives when we haven't actually structured the simulation to embed those opportunities like of speaking up or anything that you know we we want to talk about in terms of interprofessional collaboration we don't embed the opportunity into the simulation and it took me a long time to realize you have to revisit that simulation and not just let them go in like you have to actually create a progression and stick to interprofessional objectives yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. A lot is in the design of the scenarios so that the uh, important um, observations about each other and getting people to speak from their own position and their own voice is really you know, enhanced by good simulation design. In, in the debriefing, I think you really have to work at getting those things out. So, so as you know, I've been doing these uh, uh, operating room interprofessional education sessions uh, at our hospital for uh, the past three years now, and mm -hmm. uh, and I always find it such a high when I can get the nurse to really articulate what she or he is doing during a hemorrhage situation. And getting the surgeon and the anesthesiologist to listen to them and watch the video and have this light bulb go off that they're asking of the nurse uh, uh, t way too many things all at once. And the nurse is having to cope with the, these uh, requests and orders without any real prioritization and without any real direct communication. A lot of it's by inference and how they have to accommodate to that and they do a remarkable job at it. And, uh, and you know, for the surgeon to say, you know, I could be a little bit more clearer about what's going on and what I think is going to happen next and what's uh, what the nurse needs to know because I've never thought about that. And it's kind of the most common reaction uh, of people is that they just never really looked at the other person's dilemma and appreciated what they have to go through when, you know, the going gets tough. And so I just I just find that trying to bring that out is a real challenge in debriefing and takes some, you know, courage to really go at it and not and to be 
be patient and persistent at the same time because um, those things aren't right up there on the surface. They're, they're kind of deep social structures underneath the uh, dynamic going on in an operating room. I love that you're bringing that up because I, I, I think that's my favorite part about using simulation for interprofessional education in the debriefing when they realize that it's so much more than knowing the protocols and doing the, you know, what is expected of them clinically, that it, that there is a thing with mutual respect and all those words that, um, I find it hard to, you know, if I were to market a course on, Hey, you, this team, you guys are going to learn how to mutually respect each other and listen versus you're going to learn how to deal with the hemorrhage. Like more people are going to sign up for the hemorrhage. But if you create that simulation, that's a hemorrhage. And then in the debriefing, they realize, oh, we didn't have any respect for each other. We didn't even think to think like the other person. We didn't even, you know, take a step back from our own problems my, our individual problems like that's like a big aha moment which to me is yeah, is the yeah, beauty yeah. in debriefing we, we, we always try to put some situations in our simulations where we're kind of expecting people to uh, speak up to each other or challenge each other when things aren't going smoothly and uh -huh. uh, it always amazes me how uh, many barriers there are to that and how people say, um, you know, I've sat there listening to surgeons go on and on about what a what a nice person they are and how easy they are to talk to <laughs> and that it's all their colleagues that have gained a reputation for being difficult, but they're so approachable and anyone could speak up to them. And then we put yes. them in the situation and of course <laughs> someone doesn't speak up to them and 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 then you know if you can really try to uh you know in a non-threatening way get the person who didn't speak up to them to articulate what stood in their way sometimes you can have a great breakthrough people yeah. you know the difference between what people say they would do and what they actually do is fascinating it, it is fascinating. It's like, it's almost like forced reflection and just having, you know, create that experience and allowing them to, to go through it and see for themselves. And so in the literature for our listeners, this is called espouse theory versus theory and use by Chris Argerus and Donald Schoen. And, um, and it's so applicable when you see it in debriefing and actually simulation and the debriefing. So awesome that you always have a theory for everything I say and do. <laughs> I love theory. I'm a theory junkie. Love yeah. theory. Yeah. Well, but it makes see, so much this sense is exactly to me. It. Like, <laughs> yeah. You talk yeah, it about makes... a personal thing, and it's all over the literature under a, a certain label. It's great. It's right, right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that makes so much sense that we all have, you know, values and uh actions and um you know things things that we, we priorities things that we say are important to us but right. in fact in situations we find ways to get around that and not have those come to the front and i yeah. suppose that's this uh 
espouse versus theories and use. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like, it's the problem with self-assessment is you, we always think that we would do something and when it comes to it, do we really do it? And we see in simulation, it's not always the case. You know, another thing that I chuckle about when we talk about uh, interprofessional education is that, you know, you came along uh, uh, in the last few years uh, all bright and shiny with your new PhD where you studied interprofessional education. And then next thing I know, you're on the uh, Institute of Medicine committee looking at interprofessional education. And I sort of have this feeling like everyone thinks this is new and I, I've been doing yeah. it since the early 1990s, and I know we wrote this article together, and in fact, it was old when I first started doing it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so our article, um, A History of Simulation-Enhanced Interprofessional Education, and we published it in the Journal of Interprofessional Care. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not new. It's been around forever. I mean, if you think about it, we've all been doing simulation when we were children when it comes to healthcare with dolls and, um, you know, the ancient civilization with healthcare have done some sort of simulation. And so it's definitely not new. Um, but, you know, what I do like about that article, I'm so glad you bring it up, Dan, how we talk about how the siloing was, was necessary for us to find and gather expertise around each of the different specialties and just different parts of the body and how the body works. And, and, and now we're coming kind of full circle where we've gone in, in our separate directions trying to gain that expertise and now we're realizing we got to come back together and make it whole again. Yeah, you have to have both, don't you? Yeah, you do. It's, and I uh, think that's the beauty of IPE debriefing. Like if you can, as the debriefer, just think, you know, all of these people have a different area of expertise. And, you know, just like the field, we have to somehow bring it all together, what we all know. Um, because back mm -hmm. in the day, it was one person in a house taking care of everyone, knew everything, um, but didn't have that deepened expertise and all the different areas of the body like we do now and so it was necessary that we siloed off and got to know you know gain all the knowledge that we have and do all the research that we've done historically and and now in the current and in the future we have to bring it all together so janice in in all of the papers you've read and research that you've done and thinking about uh, interprofessional education uh, that you've done, I need some practical <laughs> answers. So what do you think is the, uh, from that, what do you think the most difficult thing in debriefing an interprofessional group is? I, so I think from all of my research in interprofessional education, so most of my research for the listeners have been around studying the different modalities and simulation and trying to figure out what creates the deepest interprofessional learning. And it didn't occur to me, uh -huh. and I think it, it's the impetus that brought me to CMS, the Center for Medical Simulation, um, with our expertise in debriefing. I think this is really what kind of made me look at CMS as my future. I really think that in all... IPE simulations, 
the number one thing that people learn, they learn serendipitously in the debriefing. It's not learning how to work together, the highest point in learning that they can apply in practice. It's actually learning that they can talk with each other. And they learn that without knowing in the debriefing that they can they can have conversations with each other and difficult conversations with each other. And that's the most um, important skill that they take back to practice that actually can impact patient care. So uh, I, I, I certainly agree uh, from my workaday experience that uh, um, that when you can get that to happen, when you can get people to talk to each other and have that experience, you've had a successful debriefing. People really seem to get a lot out of that. But uh, I do think that that's the hardest thing. If you, uh, and typically if, if it's an interprofessional group and it, and it involves uh, uh, several physicians and nurses and allied health professionals of various kinds that, um, that one or more of the doctors will often dominate the conversation and the conversation around the medical issue that, uh, that they've been presented with will take up most of the airtime. And so as a debriefer, trying to break through that, uh, interrupt that, and get other people to, um, to, to speak their mind is mm -hmm. such a challenge, uh, a fun challenge. Because I think you really have to, um, you know, kind of be a little brave and uh, uh, be willing to, you know, very politely say, yeah, I hear your issue about treating whatever it was, the anaphylaxis or the cardiac arrest. I'm just wondering what the, you know, like in my surgery case, what the scrub tech, um, you know, I saw you standing there at the field uh, and it looked to me like you were maybe protecting the sterile field while the chest compressions were going on. But tell me about what you were doing and what you mm -hmm. were thinking and, and to really kind of grab the conversation away from the, um, you know, kind of the lead physicians in the group and get other people to talk about their point of view. That's the really hard thing about interprofessional uh, debriefing interprofessional yeah. groups. It is. And, and getting creative in the moment, trying to get it, their thoughts and trying to bring all of their different perspectives onto the table and trying to find a common thing that they can all talk about. That is, it is difficult in the moment. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad we had this conversation and uh, I see it's uh, about time to wrap it up. It turns out I uh, have to run out to the tennis court because I've re reserved a ball machine to really? practice my, uh, practice my cool. volleys. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you read that new article by Serena Williams? I don't know if you've, it's, it's on, it's, yeah, no it's on way. racket acceleration in the volley stroke through full body muscle memory. Really? Janice. No. <laughs> 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 well... <laughs> So much for a good theory. Nice try. <laughs> well, I can't wait to get you on stage again for one of our dueling synapses presentations because uh, uh, I think I'll have a surprise for you. <laughs> right, good, good, good to talk to you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation 
Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedicine.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.